from the world headquarters of scoopswithdannymac.com. We are in the Lou Fuse Automotive Studios. It is Ben Fred Friday, and Ben has decided to come in from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch from wherever he comes from and decides to sit down and have this in person. I don't know where you come from. I like to keep my locations unknown. You do, huh? Yeah, man. Keep people guessing. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you. Uh, oh, these are always better in person. I enjoy them. Oh, 100%. I... Uh, I'm going to force you then to come into the world headquarters. You know how well. Yeah, you're treated so well. You got to get past security. (laughs) I beat security here today. I walked right in. And uh, you got to beat security, and then you got to have your personal parking spot, which we have for you. Yeah, yeah. I did request that in advance. It was. My VIP spot was cleared. and uh, Part of the deal. How you been, man? Doing well. Doing well, man. It's a fun time, crazy time, busy time. Um but it's good, man. Lots to talk about. Hey, I want to get into this before we start talking baseball and Battlehawks and MLS and everything else. Uh, you were telling me off the air that Eli Drinkwitz, he's going after Ben Fred. <laughs> Not quite no, like that. I love Eli, man, because Eli is like my favorite kind of coach because he kind of knows what's out there, but he's also like, he doesn't take it personal, but he will he will bring it back. Do you believe I that love these, that stuff? Do you believe the coaches don't read all the stuff? They all or read listen it. to it or some have of family them, members. Some of them lie about it. Yeah. And I appreciate the ones who are like, hey, saw what you wrote, either agree or disagree, but let's talk about it. That makes for great, you know, great interviews, great content. So we we're at the um we're at a Mizzou event the other night for our KTRS show on the Big Five Fifty. Me, Brendan Weesey, Martin Kilcoin, uh we're sitting there and Eli comes in and he like makes a beeline over and it's like, Hey, you know, I saw what you wrote. You had some questions about our team. Like I'm going to give you a chance to ask them. And you know, basically I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I should fill in some holes for you. And it was a great, well, let me ask you this. It was a has great he, conversation. Has he been available to you? Oh yeah. Okay. So prior to this, he'd been available to talk to oh, and all that stuff. He'll talk, he'll talk about anything. Now I think there are some questions that, that he can't answer until this team goes and plays. Right. And, and I'm not down on Mizzou football entering this year. I do sense there's kind of a lack of buzz right now. It's all about basketball at Mizzou, even at this event. And Eli was making jokes about people were upset Dennis Gates wasn't there because he's in town in Columbia recruiting this Matthew Cleveland kid who they're hoping to get from Florida State. And Eli's kind of like, what am I, chopped liver? You know, he's saying <laughs> this to the crowd. So he, he's having some fun with it. But, look, all I said and I told it to him – there's a lot of question marks on this team that if they are answered in a positive way, it could be a good season, good to great season. And if not, then it's like, where are they going? Yeah. New, new offensive coordinator, quarterback competition, um, a new offensive line coach, and those are the three areas where I felt like they really kind of got behind the ball last year. And if they flip them with this defense that had a lot of guys back, kept the defensive coordinator, then they should be pretty pretty good team. But those things have to be answered, and they have to be answered in the right order because uh, right now it's all, all eyes on this offense. You know, it's crazy. I was just thinking the other day, football is not that far away. I mean, August is right around the corner, really. I mean, we're going to get into the summer months here. Summer goes by quickly, at least for me, with four kids running around. And then all of a sudden I look up, and there you know, is, is Clemson against uh, Notre Dame or something. There's a top game that kicks off the season, and away we go. Yeah, I mean, spring ball is already over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if I was, I was giving up. Him, I was giving him grief about that, you know, because Mizzou had its spring camp super early and didn't get to have one of those big spring games. And he explained it. I mean, it makes sense the way the spring break fell, and they've done the studies, and they didn't. They felt like they were smarter off doing spring early so they could maximize some player development windows that they have and maybe get a little ahead of the curve. So I get it, but 
they're going to have to create their own buzz. And, you know, if they do that, then, then I'll be the first to say, hey, they answered the questions. Big season for Mizzou and cool because they're coming to St. Louis. They're going to play that game against Memphis at the Dome. I love that they're doing that. And uh, you're right, man, it's almost here. Yeah. It's, it's it's almost college football season, which is feels like it just ended, but and, it's back. And it's hoops recruiting season. It's the transfer portal. Oh, yeah. It's guys going all over the place. Slew has had a couple of kids come in. And Mizzou, Dennis Gates, man, I, I got to eat crow on this. I, I, when they hired him, I thought, who is Dennis Gates and why would you get this guy from Cleveland State? But you know what? Takes him to the tournament, does a great job in the SEC. He's getting players. And there's finally, again, a buzz around the program of Missouri basketball, which I love. Yeah, it's been a revival, right? Exactly. Um, you know, Mizzou Arena's rocking again. There wasn't that long ago when I was like, man, do they build this thing too big? Like, are they ever going to fill it up again? It's well, an NBA facility. Well, now when you pack people in, it's loud. Um, the, the vibe is back. Desiree Reed Francois made a great hire in Dennis Gates. I think she's kind of started to establish herself at Mizzou, and she's starting to get, you know, not that she didn't have say before, but she's got trust now. It shows with the extension and the raise that she got because they were a little worried about other other programs coming in and trying to get her. So I think people trust her leadership, and there's just a there's a vibe of positive momentum going on around that basketball program. Dennis lost some guys from this roster. But he's going out and recruiting some guys that make you go, okay, he's knows what he needs, and he's now got the juice because of last season to go get some guys. The Iowa State transfer guy can shoot threes. We'll see what happens with this Cleveland kid from Florida State, former McDonald's All-American, five-star yeah. recruit, who picked Florida State over some blue blood programs, the North Carolinas, the Kansas. Why? Because C.Y. Young was the assistant at Florida State on the lead of his recruitment, and now he's Gates' right-hand man in Columbia. So it's always good when a guy like that transfers and the same programs that recruited him the first time around are back in on him. Sometimes we see those five stars go play, they go out and transfer, and like all of the teams that wanted them, the tip-top teams, they're gone from the yep. recruitment. They're back in on this guy. He led Florida State in scoring. He was a double-double producer last year. They had a bad season down in Tallahassee, but he was he is a good to great potentially NBA lottery pick player. So we'll see if they can get him, but there was no one uh, upset with Dennis that he wasn't at that event in St. Louis the other night because they knew he was doing more important things. Absolutely. I've always felt in college basketball, if you're the head coach, yeah, you're the face of everything and you've got your hand in the recruiting and the X's and O's and practice schedules and all that stuff. And there's assistants that do all those things for you. But I've always felt like you've got to have a guy that I would tell – I don't care if you're on the bench for the games. I don't care one bit. <laughs> you get your ass out and you go recruit everywhere you possibly yeah. can. And then I would have an old school guy and say, help me out, X in and Owen. What do you see with what we're doing? Implement some things offensively, defensively. And that's how I would set up my coaching staff, primarily with recruiters, because you got to have the Joes more than the X's and O's. You think, like that? I like the Joes. Well, I think there's two good examples of this going on at Mizzou. One is Dennis Gates. What did he do? Went out and hired Dickie Nutt, who's like one of the most long-term established, um, you know, basketball assistant coaches, and said, "Hey, I'm going to hire you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to I'm going to let you fill in some of the experience gaps that I don't have." Um, I think that's super smart. Cardinals example: What Ollie's done with Joe McEwing. Yeah, yeah, they wanted Matt Holiday. 
probably in some ways maybe a, a blessing in disguise, not a shot at all against Holiday, that Joe McEwing comes along and has all that experience. And Ollie's not the kind of manager who's going to be like, well, that could be a threat. No, he says, if you want to help us, we can benefit from some I've of the I've heard great things about you've... Joe, by the way. They're like best friends. Yeah. They're like you know, a uh, true detective spinoff. Like they could, it's, it's, it's super Joe and Ollie. They like ride with each other to and from spring training games. Like they really formed a fast bond, a good example of that. And also with Eli, Eli goes out, hires a play calling offensive coordinator for the first time this off season. He knows the deal. It's a huge season for him. He got an extension and a raise, but he knows year four is needs to be what it's all about. So he goes out and says, I'm going to give up play calling duties. Play calling duties are what helped him get the job. He loves calling plays, but he sees this as an opportunity to kind of take a step toward that CEO role, um, you know, which is kind of where Gary Pinkle always wanted to be. He wants to be able to sit in on the defensive meetings. He wants to be able to sit in on the offensive meetings. He wants to to maybe kind of coach the coaches more than just coach quarterbacks, which is, remember, he started out as the quarterbacks coach exactly. and the offensive coordinator and the head coach. It's like, you can only Too do much. so much. He says, it's as important for me at times to go call a play as it is for me to go out and raise money for NIL. He sees himself as that's part of his job now. That was not something he could even do when he got the job. That's right. how much his job has changed. So I, I, I talked to him about that a lot. Like the job that he was hired for is no longer the job that he has. And that's every coach right now in this NIL era, in this transfer era. He has to have the relationships with the folks who can help them compete to get players financially, but also has to have the relationship with the players that keeps him from leaving for the next best thing constantly. Yeah. And Gates had a great line about that recently. He said, you have to look at your roster like every player's leaving. You hope that doesn't happen, but you have to be prepared if that happens. Travis Ford's going through it. Yeah. At SLU. And we'll see, you know, it's all a transfer portal's not bad and as long as you get better players or the same level players as what you're losing. Sure. It's when you take a step back in the portal shuffle, that's when things get sticky. Let's uh, talk a little Cardinal baseball. I know a lot of fans tune into these visits to to hear what we have to say about baseball and in particular the Cardinals. I, I don't know if this is saying and going out on a limb and, and taking this too far. I would say this is a defining road trip for the first half. When you look at Seattle, San Francisco, and then the Dodgers, this is not easy. This is very, very tough. Seattle, much better. San Francisco, always tough to play in in that ballpark. And then you go to L.A. So it's not easy at all. Not easy, and those teams are not having the starts to their season that they want. And you can look at that and say, well, that means the Cardinals should beat them. Not so not so much because they're having the same conversations the Cardinals are having, as in, like, it's time to go. Right. we got to flip the switch. And they get to do it at home against these these Cardinals that are making this West Coast swing. If they can come back from this road trip at 500, I, I think it's a good trip. And, I agree. But you and I were talking about this exit in spring training, man. Like, we knew they were going to get punched in the face to start the season. Really for the first half. Right. And it's going to continue because then you got to, I mean, the London trip is going to factor into that. Well, you come back from London and you've got the Yankees boom, boom, and boom. the Dodgers. Yeah. And, and that's the schedule now. Yeah. You're not going to get to just hide out and play, you know, the Pirates and the Reds all the time, although the Pirates are playing better yeah. too. So I don't think they're as, as disjointed as a team as they have looked. Um, as however, long as you get pitching. Yes. Pitching is the oil in the engine. Yep. And if you are short on that or if it's not good, you know, everything starts to fall apart and everything looks way worse than it is. But 
they're 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 they've missed their flashpoint. They need to come up with one. They need to launch. They have um, well. Here's what I see, and hopefully, you know, this isn't being too general. I see some proven high level star guys who are all in, grinding, locked in, ready to go. Um, I see some young guys who have hard nosed play and are all about it. And then I see some guys kind of in the middle of that range who are probably going to be the key to the season. Um, the Dylan Carlson's, the Tyler O'Neill's, the Jack Flaherty's, the Ryan Helsley's, the Jordan Hicks, who have been around a while. They are a little more established than some of these rookie second year players. Get what you thought they might be. They got to lock in. Yep. And they got to, they got to go. It's got to be performance, but it also has to be mentality. They've got to get to where. They are pissed off if they lose, and it's not, well, you know, go get them next time. Like, that works for April, but you start to do that too far into May, and it and all of a sudden you're looking up going, maybe you're not as good of a team as you thought. So much of the focus has been on pitching, but if you look at what the Cardinals have done at the plate, number one, they walk a lot, so they're getting people on base. I think their walk rate is sixth best in Major League Baseball. In their wins, they're hitting like 350 with runners in scoring position. When they lose, it's like 150. So you're getting guys on, but you're not bringing them in. It's not just the pitching. It's also about bringing people in and situational hitting, and they're just not doing that right now. I feel like we've had that talk for oh, yeah. years running. Oh, and yeah. now Jeff Albert's not there to blame. And trust me, I've heaped a lot of blame on, on Jeff Albert. The fact that it's being acknowledged as something they've got to look at earlier instead of being just kind of poo-pooed, I think, is good. I, I I want to see a little more before I say this team has a has an established situational hitting problem. This this edition sure. of the roster because there are some times up there where they got guys on, got guys in scoring position, and somebody blisters a ball down the line, and it gets turns into an out, and it's like, well, on the on the box score that looks bad. Yes, but if you're watching, you go, you do that nine times out of ten, and it's nine hits. So, you know, I I I, I see it. I'm not I'm not dismissing it at all because it's been a trend problem for this team. I just think that they should be better situationally than they have been. And I also think not to take everything back to pitching, but it is different when you're constantly playing from behind. That's the other when thing I was going to bring up. Games, your situational hitting it's changes. It's harder to hit situationally because right. you're thinking I got to hit a home run, I got to exactly. do this. It physically and mentally changes the at-bats for hitters. 100%, I was going to bring that up. It it changes the game. If you are falling behind, which if you look at the beginning of this season, they are behind a ton. Chasing. Yeah, you're always chasing and you're going to have different at-bats when you're chasing. It's just the way it is. I look at the pitching too as right now, and it can change as you go throughout the year, but they really don't have a one, they don't have a two. It's a lot of three, four, fives. So when you're matched up against some of the top teams and, and top pitchers on those teams, it's a tough night. It's a really tough night. The other part of this is when, and this is obvious, when starters don't go deep, you're, you're taxing your bullpen, and it's early to try to build these guys up. You should be built up coming out of spring, but when you're asking them to do as much as they have and the amount of innings the bullpen has been asked to, to give – that's a problem, too. Now, one of the things you're going to get is Adam Wainwright coming back. And Waino pitched in a rehab assignment the other day. If there's anybody that can get wins by pitching below the velocity zone, if you will, of the normal uh, pitcher in Major League Baseball, it's probably him. But I, I'm not overly confident that he's going to go out and give you 200 innings. And, and he's not now because he right. missed time. He's going to get 24, 25 starts. But I still feel like he can give you wins. Now, what does that mean? Woodford probably goes to the bullpen. That gives you some length with a guy that's stretched out. 
Then do you go to a Matthew Libertord? Then do you go to Gordon Graceffo? Do you go to Dakota Hudson? I mean, these are all options right now that are certainly, I would think, on the table, depending on how this uh, road trip goes. Yeah, Wayno first, and then I think Libby will be next, depending on what happens. Velocity's been up for him. He's been better. But but also, nothing wrong. Ideal situation for the Cardinals, Wayno pitches well. Exactly. They don't have to replace somebody in the rotation just yet, and you keep telling Libertor, keep proving it. Yeah. Because, you know, the more that he dominates down there, the more confident he gets with him – if they could just get it in his head that you should pitch at the major league level like you're doing down there, it's totally mentality, I think. Fastball. He attacks. Yep. He's on his toes. He's getting after guys. When he gets up here, he's... Tentative. It's a totally different thing. Yep. And when you are... It's what I see with Jack, man. His stuff is good enough. He doesn't have to get two strikes on a guy then throw three balls. Go strike him out yep. with one, two. I mean, that's... You or can do that. And then ball. you can pitch deeper in the game. Get a ground ball. Your defense will take care of it. The walks you know, are, are the thing with some of those guys. I think Libertor has looked really good. I don't mind the Cardinals saying keep showing us before they rush him up here. But that if Adam struggles or if someone else continues to, you know, struggle, the starting pitching has started to find some traction a little bit. I still look at that quality start number two. Two. It's the lowest in the National League. When you have when you're asking your relievers to pitch this much early in the season it does not age well, and it trends toward that innings crisis that they've had the past few seasons. So, Wayno's just got to give him a chance to win, man. Like that's what he's here to do. He's here to to lead the the pitching staff in terms of his approach and his mentality and helping them. And he's got to go out and give him a chance to win. And right now, there are guys, some guys in this rotation who aren't always doing that. So, I I do think it's good. They'll benefit from his return if he gets shelled once. You got to give him another one. I mean, you got to give him a few, three starts. Oh, yeah. Everybody else got three starts before they even consider doing and anything. And he's going to figure it out, too. In three starts, he'll probably figure out something. If he's something. healthy. Yeah, exactly. That's, if he's healthy, he can pick and choose his spots and find a way to win. You nailed it when you said they got three fours and fives. If your threes pitch like twos, that can work. Yep. But that's asking a lot. And this is the conversation we had this offseason. Did they need to make one top of the rotation, you know, big addition that helped everything out by default they chose not to you can kind of see why some of those guys are hurt you know so you gotta you gotta be honest about that now they could have traded for pablo lopez he looks great for the twins who do they have given up it's never easy or cheap to add good starting pitching like high level starting pitching you've got to pay for it in a trade or pay for it in money they passed on that and right now they look maybe a little short-sighted for doing it but We'll see how some of these guys come along. We're coming to you from the Lufus Automotive Studios. Don't forget, for your banking needs, Triad Bank and call Jim Regna. Also, the Ascension Charity Classic. The tickets are on sale at ascensioncharityclassic.com. And your jeweler for life is Lordo's Diamonds, located in the heart of Ladue. What are your thoughts on the Scherzer suspension? Ejection, now a suspension. He's ten accepted games. the 10 games. So... This is interesting, and I don't know that a lot of baseball fans who are even you know pretty tuned in know kind of like the difference of of some of the things that are allowed versus not allowed. You know, the spider tack is not allowed, like the Olympic strength weightlifting spray. Scherzer swore on his life, on his kid's life. I mean, I don't, I don't know Max super well, but I don't think he would do that if he was if he was lying. Um, it just doesn't seem like something he would say. He insists he was using rosin and his own sweat to make his hands a little gummy mm. for the pitching. That can get sticky. 
No but pun intended. a lot of people said, hey, you know, that's league-approved rosin. What's the big deal here? He says he washed it off in front of a, a team a MLB official and then reapplied it. So, again, like no one's like, hey, you can't use the rosin. The rosin's on the mound yeah. in a bag. But if you actually read the rules, Dan, the rules specifically say you are not to rub rosin into a baseball. Everybody does that. And you're not to have rosin on your glove. If you've ever used, touched a rosin bag and put on a glove, you have rosin yeah. in your glove. I don't know that people are aware of how kind of the gray neb- area nebulous some of these yeah. rules are. What do you make of that? It's very gray area, very much that way. I've thought that since they tried to implement this and be very strong on it, make the point on it. Remember Giovanni Gallegos? Yeah, who was the first one, right? Yeah, in, in Chicago against the White Sox. And I, I just thought it was ridiculous. But then they started to enforce it. The, 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 the thing I take away with Max... Whether he did or whether he didn't, there's going to be some out there that that will tarnish what he's done. Really, I, I I've heard from a lot of people saying, "Well, how long has he been doing this?" I said, "How? What do you care? I mean, the guy throws 96 to 98. He competes his ass off more than anybody in baseball. He's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer in my mind. Why would you say that this tarnishes? Well, how long has he been doing it? As long as everybody else." You know, I I just don't I don't want to see that tarnish what he's gone through and a ten game suspension. Some people will say, "How long's he been doing it? Was mm-hmm. he using the the tiger or what? Well, not the tiger, the, uh, the, the spider tack, sp- spider tack, whatever animal it is, <laughs> tiger tack. That'll be what they use next year. <laughs> whatever it is, I just don't want to see it tarnish him. And I I think it's ridiculous because I think if and we've heard this a million times, if you got a guy that's throwing ninety six to a hundred. Well, hell, if he's throwing 85 to 100, do you want him to have a lack of control or do you want control when you get into the batter's box? you got to have control. And if the ball is slippery... And it is. If you've yes, ever grabbed one out of the box or out of the bag, they it's are It's going to fly, and you're going to take one in the noggin. Yep. And guys are going to say, if that means I face Max Scherzer with a little bit of grip on the, the glove or the ball or wherever he's putting it, his hand, yeah, I'll take that because I don't need that thing slipping and driving it into my head. I just don't want to see it be a... a a blemish on what he's had, which is a Hall of Fame career, regardless of what people think. He's going to the Hall of Fame. I, I don't know if you've heard that, but I have from a lot of people's thinking, wow. well, how long has he been doing this? And that, you know, is this been something that he's benefited from for his entire career? Come on. I mean, it doesn't tarnish what he's done. It tells me the, f- the first takeaway I had was, oh, they're making this an emphasis again. They put out a memo and in spring okay. training. It got overlooked because we were all talking about the rules, the new rules. Which are great. You toss Max Scherzer from a game, uh, a series-deciding game, early season, within the first 20 games of the season, between a game, Makes a point, the Mets it? and the Dodgers, everybody's going, okay, i got to clean it up a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Okay, I might have been getting a little over over greedy on the rosin. You know, They're going to all scale back now, and I think that's not that it was calculated, but they were looking for somebody to make an example out of and, and this is such a big emphasis for Major League oh, Baseball, yeah. and that's why I think they're starting to get away from it, and they're saying, uh-uh, we yes. want to bring it back in. because And it's not anything about cheating. It's about strikeouts. Yeah, They want balls in play. 100%. They want action. More grip means more spin. More spin means more strikeouts. And more movement. And, and, that's, and that's what they're cracking down on. They actually studied the spin rates in 2021 when they yep. introduced the rules. When they started checking those guys, oh, incredible. Field, spin rates plummeted. Yeah, Toward the end of 2022, what was happening? Going back up. That's right. So they were starting to think that guys were, were they don't doing, want to get, doing They don't want it again. to get out of control again. Don't they have to? And I, I hate to agree with Scott Boris, 
but don't they have to, as Scott Boris said in his statement, come up with either a ball that has some natural abrasiveness to it, uh, or an adhesiveness to it, not abrasiveness, or come up with some sort of approved, and that's what seemed to be the rosin. But the rules say, like, if you use it too much rosin, it can become a foreign, like, you can, like, overcake rosin to the point that it becomes a foreign substance. That's in the rule book. So it's totally up to the discretion of the umpire, which I don't know that that puts the umpires in a tough spot. Here's the other thing. If it was Joe Blow, who just came up from the minor leagues, we're not talking about it. It's he's, Max Scherzer. He's out, so, and, it's, and, and everybody thinks he's a, he's a crook. On Netflix, by the way, speaking of crooks, uh, who's the NBA ref that was betting on games? Tim oh, my Donahue? God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was watching this Netflix uh, special on him. It's really fascinating. But as it pertains to baseball, they uh, they talked about, and he talked about, yes, there's the rule book, and then there's what you call, and this had nothing to do with his betting issues, but there's, there's what you call as a referee. And they had made an emphasis on a spin move. And so he called a travel on Michael Jordan, who spun and dunked. And it didn't look like he traveled, but the emphasis was to do this in, in the NBA. And Phil Jackson is going crazy, and he says, I understand it's part of the emphasis of the game, but you can't call that on Michael Jordan. There's rules for Michael Jordan. There's rules for Shaq. There's rules for, for LeBron James. Now, I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. There might be rules for Max Scherzer, too. And if it's Joe Blow... And he comes up, and he's in year one. Fine, throw him out. You made a point of emphasis. But this is Max Scherzer, man. But the point of emphasis hits different when it's Max. Oh, sure. Like and that's that my travel point. rule did with Jordan, right? hundred percent. So the, the, you were asking me before what it means. It means that I think they're going to crack down on it. And the point of emphasis, whether they meant to or not, it came down on Scherzer. And if you do it against him, they're going to do it against anybody. Totally. Anybody. There's a whole book. Sam Smith, the great basketball writer, wrote the Jordan rules. Yeah. And, and the Scherzer rules, it turns out that he can get tossed for uh, for sticky stuff too. Maybe he had a little sunscreen in there. Look, I know in my interactions with Max, he's been a very straight shooter. He's great. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think he would have said what he said if he had been using something else. I agree. And I certainly don't think he's a, first of all, whether you like him or don't like him, whether you think he's a first bout Hall of Famer or not, he's smart. Yep. And he would not have been, as he said, he would have been an idiot to have washed off his hands in front of an MLB official and then tried to go back out there and do something that was heinous. He put on the rosin in front of them. He's a sweaty dude. If you've ever watched him pitch, he's got sweat. So I'm sure he was caking it up. And he said it was clumpy, like probably had too much rosin. He admitted that. But they put the rosin on the back of the mouth. They've got to – there's got to be a, a very clear idea of what's allowed and what's not. What happens it's not it like is, It can't be like pornography. Like, what is it? Well, we know it when we see it. Like That, <laughs> that can't work. Pornography on scoopsofdannymac.com. <laughs> scoops nice, of Danny Mac after dark. Nice work. Um, I think to advance a story, his next start, everybody's going to be watching. Oh, he should like hit like three people and say, I can't feel the baseball. Exactly. But, I mean, what's he going to do? So the next start, you know the baseball world's going to be watching. Oh, He's yeah. such a great, a, a big character and a big personality. And with what's happened, how does he approach his next start with what he does? I think the game in the current format with the rules and the sped up for pitchers, I think it's it's getting tough on old pitchers. You think so? I think it is. I think they, there's some real they need to regroup. story to that. Yeah. They're a little well, more set in their ways. They're a little... You know, their bodies take a little, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. I'm curious to watch that with, with Wayno when he's back, if, if that starts to wear on him a little bit. And he's not a slow worker, but it's, it is pushing these guys a little bit. And I think we're seeing, I mean, 
clearly Madison Bumgarner doesn't respond well Ooh. to modern baseball. Um, but it, something to keep an eye on there. Well, I had mentioned when people brought up the new rules in the offseason I, I, and they were talking about speeding up the game, I said, watch the velocities drop on the guys that throw 100 because they, they need that time to regroup and catch their breath. I mean, it's a total exertion of energy to try to get to 100. It's max effort. I think we've seen a little bit of that. I think we've seen guys struggle with that, the really hard throwers in the game. Yeah, I think we'll continue to, and I think baseball looks at that and says, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're going to get the ball and play. Right, and I most I love the new rules. I, I like the, the feedback. I like what we're seeing. We were talking to Mo the other day at the ballpark, and he says, yeah, I get home earlier. Yeah, he loves it. <laughs> and I said, is I, I did point out to him, I said, it wasn't that long ago down here at Bush where, like, Cardinals officials were afraid to admit they liked the idea of the designated hitter. Right. I mean, that was not that long ago. when It was like it was like blasphemy. Well, and I now would, it's, like, so far beyond that. We're like, that's old news. I ben, mean, baseball's been crazily changed. I would emcee these season ticket holder functions. It got brought up all the time where – what do people think that they would ask? You know, are we going to see the DH? And whether it was Bill DeWitt or Bill DeWitt uh, the third or Mo or Michael Gersh, they said, well, we think it's coming. And all of us, I mean, collectively, the whole place, <laughs> ooh, they, they hated it. <laughs> but I think people now have gotten used to it and they kind of like it. I've got no problem with it anymore. Yeah. The smartest thing for many reasons, what the Cardinals did in bringing back Albert was it, it made the exactly. it turned the DH from uh, from the most hated spot in the lineup to the most beloved. So yes. that was uh, among the many reasons bringing back Albert was was a good call. But I think most people are enjoying this version of baseball. The players are the ones we hear about griping about it, and I understand it. But uh, man, if you're a fan of the game and just want to be able to sit down and watch a game, what I noticed, Dan, like I've got people, you know. People at the ballpark you would say hi to during a game sometimes. Like, you know, family was in town, went to go out to the seats just to say, hey. I used to be able to do that, go out and say, hey, come back to the press box, not Still miss a thing. Inning. Yeah. And and now it's like if you're not watching the game, you come back and, oh, my God, two and a half innings are gone and you've missed a home run. Right. Every other sport that we love in America, you think twice before you go get that popcorn, that beer, go take that bathroom break. If there's a halftime, you know, you're waiting because you don't want to miss something. Baseball is now more like that. I think that's a good thing. I do too. All right, I'm going to wrap it up with this. Uh, MLS, when you talk about City, off to a great start. They won 5-1 to one last weekend, so that's been awesome. And the rain delay of last Saturday and still people stuck around for two, two and a half hours to watch it. It's, just, it, it's a testament that this is a, a sports city. And, and Jim Thomas was visiting with Randy Carricker the other day, and he said, one of the things that you get is that you can talk about football and the Rams here. Uh, you can talk about what's happening with MLS. And remember when the Rams left, they oh, it's a baseball town. No, it's a sports town. Yeah. And you're even seeing that with the Battlehawks, and I know you've written about that too. It To me, the list of things that have been impressive and shows the true heart of St. Louis as a sports city it just grows and grows and grows. Crushing XFL in attendance. Yep. Blowing MLS's hair back when it comes to what it's been able to do with this expansion team in attendance and anything and from winning. attendance to online, you know, online social media presence to, of course, winning. Look at what, you know, Curtis Francois has done across the river at the, at the racetrack with IndyCar and NASCAR, the golf events, the gymnastics trials that set records here. Um, I was thinking about this today. You know, a lot of the talk, the Oakland A's are going to Las Vegas. And there are there's national people all over the place accurately saying, hey, that's fine. They're a business. They can decide to do what they want to do. 
but let's not lose track of the fact that they totally disrespected and tore that thing down. And really, and really, they they made this they 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 stiff armed Oakland as they a greased city. the skids to make it easy. There's a yes. terrible team, terrible and it's, and stadium, it's, and it's the truth. But it's also the truth on on display on broadcast. It's the truth that's being represented in all the discussions about this team. No one is going, oh my God, Oakland turned their back, or Oakland wasn't interested, or Oakland doesn't care about Major League Baseball. They're not a baseball. No one's saying that. And what was so frustrating about the way the NFL left here was that that talking point got peddled by all these people who either didn't know better or had bad intentions. And I do think the cool thing that I've observed is for a while it was like, prove it wrong, prove them wrong. And I, I think that's kind of gone. Not totally. But I do think it's more about it's not proving them wrong. It's proving us right. Yeah. You know, Ricky Horton talks about this sometimes about these guys, these athletes who like talk about their – they want to play to prove their critics wrong. And he doesn't like that. He yeah. says, don't play to prove your critics wrong. Play to prove the people who believe in you correct. And there's a lot more people probably who believe in you than who don't. So play to make those people look smart, not to make the people who doubted you look dumb. And I do think that St. Louis as a sports city has kind of flipped that switch, and it's awesome to see. Yeah. Um, and the Battlehawks are... It's a unique fan base, man, but oh, they're yeah. showing up 30,000 plus. They got they got one more home game this season, uh, this weekend, and we'll see how the, the playoff chips fall. They need some luck. They got to win, and hopefully Seattle loses. And then if that, they get a playoff game. It won't be at the Dome, but it would be cool to see them in the playoffs. And the players are blown away by the support they've received here in St. Louis. The city players, to circle back, they sat in there for a two-hour rain delay. Their phones are going off with the tornado warnings, and they're like, are we just going to come out and play in an empty stadium? They come out to warm up, and there's more than 15,000 yeah. people that waited or came back after two hours. That's incredible. That doesn't happen That doesn't happen in very many places. It just doesn't. How about uh, what you're working on this weekend at the Post-Dispatch? i got some Cardinals coverage coming. Um, a look at kind of uh, – let's look back at some of the Aprils of the past and see if they're a good measure on where a team winds up. We'll do some of that. Um, we'll have the Cardinals covered. Historically, out this is trip. not a good start, especially it's at not. home. No, it's not. So we got to dig into that and yep. see if, if it tells us anything about the future. And I've got a Mizzou com. I think I want to write after my chat with Eli, and uh, we'll have battle. I think I'll go to the Battlehawks game this weekend too. Awesome. Hey, thanks for coming in studio. These are always fun. I know people really enjoy them. You bet, man. Happy to do it. Good to see you, and have a good weekend, everybody. That's Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Ben Fred Fridays every Friday on Scoops with DannyMac.com.